Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN 2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Bill's Mafia. It's not like no one saw this one coming. Mm-hmm. It's not, by the way. Can I give myself a pat on the back? I, mean, I have been saying the whole year that I think the Bills are the best team in the AF- AFC. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know the Chargers are there. I know Kansas City, obviously, there. But, damn, that was special last night. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the Bills were going to win that game. You thought the Bills were design- engineered in the offseason to beat the Chiefs. Like, you look at the top of their draft. It's multiple guys up front in, their, in that front seven that they can throw at you, one after another after another so that they don't have to bring extra guys. But also, Matt, it's the fact that Kansas City's defense, four straight games, four straight games, they've allowed opponents 30 or more points. Like, so that defense has had issues. And I felt like last night, Coach McDermott outcoached Andy Reid. I mean, they kept the guy over the top. They never allowed Tyreek Hill to get behind them. Uh, the RPO game was special in Josh Allen, the way they ran it. It just – and that, that receiving core is dangerous, man. And also for Patrick Mahomes – Two interceptions. Yep. Two, he has six now well, for the well, year. Well, one has, interception and one, one hey, Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. Tyreek. Yeah, it was tipped. Uh, Mika High returned out for a pick six. But it was also <laughs> about the fact that, like, all right, he has six so far this year, week five in the NFL. He had six all last year. He, well, he's yeah, he's always taking chances, and fortune favors the bold, you know, but mm. sometimes it can catch up with you. And here's the bottom line. The Chiefs' offensive line was destroyed last year. They lost both tackles in the offseason, right? And they were hurt at the end of last year. They had to push all their resources into fixing the line, which they did a great job. Mm-hmm. But offensive lines take a little while to gel. So they're not as up to speed as the defense for the Bills. And they couldn't use those picks on their defense, which also needed help, right? So the Bills have been kind of trending in this direction. And the Chiefs had to do some damage control had to do some repairs in the offseason and it's shown up look I thought the Chiefs would lose this game and then win like eight in a row I'm not worried about the Chiefs but it's really to me not about the Chiefs so much as it's about Buffalo right now they like they are they're an ascending power in the NFL well Buffalo and the Chargers seem to be the best team in AFC Um, but when you look at the Chiefs I they'll bounce back but that defense is still going to be questioned right I mean your next three games Washington football team you have the Titans. You have the Giants. We'll get into the Giants a little bit later. I mean, if we still have people left on our damn That's roster, That's the most Max, disastrous game I can remember. I don't want to talk about it yet. I'm sure we'll have to deal with all that and all Dallas Cowboy fans. Congratulations, Cowboy fans. You guys got us. Fine. But just watching Josh Allen last night, it, it just it feels like this is a different type of year. I, he was excellent last year. Every year, every year, he's made improvements to the eye, and it shows up in the numbers like – Touchdown to interception ratio, QBR, whatever you want to measure, it goes from one to one, two to one, three to one. Every year he's getting better. QBR goes from like 50, 60, 70, whatever it is. It's like, and, and now they have a team around him and they're very live to win the Super Bowl. I think, you know, that, that's, they are a Super Bowl contender. You can tell in the offseason, and so far they've done nothing to dissuade anyone from that point of view. They're a power. And we were talking about this before the break, too. It's And Evan Wilner, our producer, brought up a good point. He, he said he kind of felt like this year it, for the Chargers is where the Buffalo Bills were last year, right? Like, 
up ascending. People know who they are starting to find out who they are, but they haven't really cemented themselves as the powerhouse where you feel like the Bills last year losing to Kansas City, AFC Championship game, and also now coming back in Arrowhead, dominating them the way they did, even though there was an hour delay at halftime. That's when I fell asleep, to be honest with you. I couldn't make it past half. But it just felt like that, that was a statement game where you still feel like the Chargers, they're ascending, they're coming, they're there, but like, are they going to sustain being there? I, I don't see – I see it differently because, first of all, I think Justin Herbert's better than Josh Allen today. I think, I think he's well, a better quarterback today. He's ahead of today. MVP conversation. But, but, yes. Right, but he, Justin Herbert was forced into action week one because they stuck a needle in Tyrod Taylor's lung accidentally, right? Like, and so it's so unlikely that a guy is that good from game one behind a bad O-line with a bad coach, but he was. He was amazing. He was amazing under pressure. He was amazing every kind of way. Josh Allen was a slow build. Like, okay, they got this big-armed guy. It'll play in cold weather. He can run. He's not that good. And then, well, now he's making progress. And then last year, whoa, he's really good. And now this year they got the, everything clicking. The Chargers are way ahead of schedule compared oh, to – I agree. Because, because Justin Herbert is so good. They went out and got him a new coach, a new left tackle. The defense got healthy. He got his pass rusher. He's got his guy in the secondary. Chargers are legit. I mean, it was a big-time win. I mean, look, you can, you can say a lot. Everybody's going to say, well, the Browns, you know, they allowed the Chargers to score 20, what, 24 points, 26 points like that in, in, the, uh, in, the, four, in the second half which is a lot of points to give up. I mean, just the way Justin Herbert controls the game, that receiving core is dangerous too, man. And it's – Not I to mention out, they got a little back that's a handful Austin too. Austin a beast, man. He's a, he's he a is handful. A we, we call Kyler Murray Mighty Mouse. I'm like, hold on. We might have to reposition that name to Austin Eckler. Can move the pile at his size and stuff. It's like, ridiculous. Yeah, he could do a lot. And then there's the, uh, the issue with the Chiefs, obviously. The Chiefs have a, a, a minus seven uh, – Turnover differential, second worst in the NFL. Uh, the, the worst is the Jags. However, here's the good news. That turnover differential is volatile, right? That stuff can change in a hurry. It can regress to the mean. And the two things about the Chiefs that should get better, one, offensive lines, as they play together, they tend to get better because they develop chemistry, mm-hmm. right? That's a trust thing, a knowledge and experience thing. They have, you have to know what the guy next to you is going to do, all that kind of stuff. And they have... They did an excellent job revamping it, but it's a bunch of new pieces on that line. That should get better. And Spagnuolo's defense usually gets better as the year goes on. Like, the Chiefs' defense usually gets better as the year goes on. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that. Their defenses look pretty atrocious, and their turnover rate is really high. I mean, early on, they looked terrible in 19, or especially in 2018. Remember how, they, remember how bad yeah. they were when we all wanted to see the, the, the Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl because that was the crazy offense versus the crazy offense, and we all liked the Rams because the Chiefs couldn't play defense. But as that season went on, they got respectable. I expect that from the Chiefs. They'll get respectable. Well, I mean, their next three opponents allow them to be respectable, right? Yeah, I right. just said who their next three opponents are before they face the Green Bay Packers. But if you are Andy Reid, you know, sometimes, man, you got to look at this. You know, we would see this on an NBA schedule where you would face, you know, three top five teams in the league, and then you go against, you know, three of the top bottom teams in the league, and you're like, whew, just for a second, like this is a way for us to regain our footing, right? Washington's defense has been atrocious. We've seen that multiple times. Like their defense isn't – Anywhere close to what it was last year. Yep. The Titans, like you wonder about their receiving core. Julio Jones has been out for a couple of games. Ryan Tannehill, their defense is questionable. The Giants are banged up. If, that's, if those are your next three opponents, those are three great opponents to get your footing underneath you. Yeah, you got two 
terrible defenses, and then a team that's lost everyone. I've ne- I mean, I'm a Giants fan, and so are you, Jay. They lost. I, I, I can't remember a more – forget about the outcome of the game because they were going to compete with the Cowboys all game. Early, that was obvious. Like, it's going to be a tough game for the Cowboys. Probably the Cowboys win there at home, but man, it's going to be tough. The, I can't remember a game coming out of it where you're like, oh, my God, you lost the whole team. They're, everyone's hurt. Now the picture of Saquon Barkley's ankle, too. I'm just like, I, ah. Then all of a sudden I started talking to myself. I'm like, is Max right? Should we pay Saquon Barkley? What's going on? Like I said, it's going to lead running to a backs, whole man. lot of other conversations. After that performance by the Bills, we're asking on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who is the best team in the AFC? Is it the Bills? The Chargers? What about Baltimore, by the way? Mm who compete every year, and Lamar Jackson might be the best player in football right now. Be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed or call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back. So are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. What a jam-packed show. I mean, so much went on. I was out in Vegas for the heavyweight title fight. That was an all-time classic. Right before it starts, Alabama gets upset. We got so much to get into. And speaking of the Chargers, as I mentioned, they found something special in Justin Herbert. It begs the question, who is the MVP of the league right now? Is it Justin Herbert? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The uh, game of the day was in L.A., and Key was there for an incredible performance watching his favorite team, the Chargers, by Justin Herbert. Good morning, Key. Not my favorite team. Nice try, Max. 
I don't have a favorite team in the National Football League. Only college, only football I have a favorite of is USC, which I wasn't a favorite of this weekend. So mm. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, you know, watching that, I don't even know what to call that. I, I couldn't give me give me an adjective to describe what happened to USC this weekend. Yeah. But uh, just can't we'll say talk, it. On we'll talk college football Disney. later in the later in the show. Right away, we're leading with college football. No, we're not leading with college football. You tried to team me up as a Charger fan, no. and I had to shut it down. What real game quick. did you although, attend last? What uh, game were you at? Although yesterday? I did go to the Charger game oh, yeah. yesterday, he was in a jumble screen. You know, although Jumbotron. I did go and, and see the Chargers and Justin Herbert, which is one of my favorite young quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. National Football League, I got a chance to sit and, and watch. What a beautiful stadium. I didn't walk around the stadium. I just saw just basically the interior of it. But it was, gosh, man, that thing's going to be something special for the uh, the Super Bowl. But I got a chance to see the Chargers and, and got a chance to see the Cleveland Browns, just in case you wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a chance to see that up close in person. And uh, it was pretty 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 fireworky game, if that's such a word. Fireworky. Yeah, fireworky. that the stadium is impressive, and you know what else is impressive? Justin Herbert. Listen to Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, at the post game presser talk about his quarterback. <laughs> to win a game like this that turns into a track meet, you have to have a superstar quarterback to win it, and that's what he is. He was fantastic in the game. Uh, that's an awesome defense that he's playing. That, that, that defense is really good. Seeing them in person, uh, they're very complete. They have front rushers. They have second-level players that can run. Um, they're doing a really nice job coaching the secondary. J.J. and uh, T. Hill have really stabilized that group. Um, so they got a lot of players. And for us to play like we did today, uh, it starts with Justin. But like I told the team in there, the reason why he's being able to you know, play the way he's capable of playing is because he has a really good team around him. Our offensive line was outstanding today. Our receivers, tight ends, and backs were fantastic. And then what that does is allows him to go be who we all know he is. And and but you cannot win a game like that if you don't have a player like Justin Herbert. No, well, wait a minute. Are wait you a minute. Wait telling a minute. We us have... that the Browns don't have one? Key. That was straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. What is it you wanted to say? No, I'm saying is that what he was telling us? The Browns don't have a superstar. Quarterback, isn't that obvious? That... <laughs> I mean, no, like, I... Baker's good. Baker's became, good, but there are levels to this, right? I it mean, come on. It became very obvious. That's why I love going to games. That's why you guys got to go to games and watch the games mm. because when you there at them games, I know we can't go to all of them, but when you at them games, you see little things and you go, "Well, no, I ain't giving that dude three hundred million dollars. Ain't nowhere in the world." Just it, just watching the difference between Justin Herbert. And Baker Mayfield, it was night and day. Night and damn day. But, Key, is that all on? To me, it doesn't feel like it's all on Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's also on a a huge part of this is on the Browns' defense, giving up so many points in the fourth of this game, right? So, and plus there were some questionable P.I. calls, like, you know, the – the uh, the PI on at the end of the game on AJ Green like felt like that was a terrible call. Then the PI that there was no PI call in the end zone on that hail mary, where two guys kind of fell but they were tussled to the ground. So I don't put all of it on Baker, do you? Yeah, you no, know, it's not. It's not the loss is not all on Baker. What I'm talking about is much like Coach Staley said right there. When you have a quarterback like a Justin Herbert, it just allows you to do so much more. You can't, you know, you put it in a position like that. And that guy puts the ball in his in his hands, and he drives him down the field. Not only does he drive him down the field, he decides he's going to take it in for a touchdown and run it with ease. Like, you had to be there, Jay, to mm. see what I'm talking about. Baker Mayfield missed so many opportunities that was right in front of him. And, and you can't 
see it on television because the TV cameras are not panning to what you see. So I'm looking at it from a high view. I'm looking at it from up top, down. I can see everything that's going on, all 22 players. I can see it before it even takes place. Who should be getting the football? That last possession, Odell Beckham Jr. might have been opened 55 times. Okay? He didn't attempt to throw him the football. And, and so it was kind of like, okay, Baker, I get it. But you got to get him the ball. Like, what are you doing? He tried to throw a Hail Mary for no reason at all. Like, what are you doing? Well, I remember last year, I thought Baker turned a corner in a loss where they lost to the Ravens, but he let him down the field. They needed a score. He let him down the field, threw a touchdown. I was like, look at this. Now, even though Lamar Jackson came out, I remember Lamar was having cramps or whatever, and then he comes out and he leads them down into field goal position. And, and the Browns wind up losing, but I thought, look at that. Baker went toe-to-toe, and, you know, they lost in the end, but that was a performance. Odell and him have never been on the same page, Key. They don't – they lack chemistry. Like, yeah. you know, you see Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow, you go, these dudes, mm-hmm. they read each other's minds. They link up. The, uh, Odell and Baker lack chemistry. They, they do. They, they like, like – there's no question they lack chemistry, but Baker Mayfield – just does not sing it clean. I know he threw for over 300 yards. It was 22 or 32 for two tugs. But he's not seeing it clean. And you need to see it clean. Justin Herbert is seeing it clean. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't. And, and that ultimately, in the end, it cost him the game. Now, everybody can point to the defense. Everybody can say, well, they did this, they did that. That's true. They gave up, they gave up the goods. But much like Coach said, though, when you have a quarterback, you're in it regardless. I mean, Justin Herb. also, this is why I say one of the reasons the Jets, for example, reset to me is because they, you think to yourself, we have a decision to make on a quarterback. Do we pay him? And, and these new quarterbacks, if they get paid, they want to get paid near the top of the market. And my point is always there are, there are a few Justin Herberts that deserve that top of the market money. And the other guys fit their teams well, but they're not going to be able to – to you know, they're going to come down to games where you're facing Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Aaron Rodgers, those kind of guys. Do you have a guy who can put you over the top? I don't look at Baker that way. He's a good quarterback, not a great one. I'm taking Justin Herbert ten out of ten times. You know, Key, that, that there's one play in particular in the third quarter. It was like fourth and seven or something. I think it was on the Browns' 22 yard line where they decided to go for it. Key, like Brandon said, was like, "Oh, we're going for it." And they actually got it. They got a first down to Keenan Allen, and you're like, "Damn!" Like that's yeah, how I was. In, I was telling. I was calling them stupid in the stands for going. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it goes but to show you to believe. Like, you would never like you're punting out with with Baker. You're not even thinking about that. You, yeah, it was a come even, from behind win, by the way. Anybody, though, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. But that's the belief that they have in Justin Herbert. That kind of mentality. That's what makes him special. Yeah, as you said, it's a come-from-behind win. It's not like they were winning the whole way and they had to do stuff to overcome. I was mad because I had a few extra bucks in uh, Daily Fantasy, and I, I was like, you know what, I'll upgrade to the Browns' defense. Well, that was a mistake. Not good. That was a mistake. They became the first team in NFL history, by the way, the Browns did, to lose while having the following. 40 points and no turnovers, and they still lost. That includes the playoffs including the playoffs, teams were 463-0 and 0 when, with 40 points and no turnovers. 463-0. and 0. Stats Incredibles brought to you by my computer career, training for a better life, and that points out the guy on the other side of the ball had to be 
special, and he mm. was. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. John Gruden sent an email with racially insensitive language about NFL Players Association President DeMora Smith in July of 2011, the Wall Street Journal reported Friday. In it, Gruden wrote that DeMora Smith had, I'm quoting, lips the size of Michelin tires. Um, The Wall Street Journal reported, as I mentioned, Gruden told the journal he didn't recall writing the email, but apologized, saying, quote, I'm really sorry. Before we hear Key and Jay from you guys, let's hear from John Gruden after yesterday's loss to the Bears. All I can say is I'm not a racist. I don't uh, I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to to D. Smith, um, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life. And um, I apologize for the insensitive remarks. I had uh, no, uh, you know, I, I, I had no racial uh, intentions with those remarks at all. But, um, yes, they can. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not like that at all. But I apologize. I don't want to keep addressing it. Well, you're going to keep addressing it. What you mean you don't want to keep addressing it? 
It came out your damn mouth to an email. See, when people start saying stuff like that, Max and Jay, that pisses me off. You don't want to keep addressing it. No, you're going to keep addressing it until such due time you don't have to anymore. And I don't know when that's going to be. Because that email was very disturbing. Here's a guy that I won a Super Bowl with and I played with. And I have my issues with him. Okay? Well documented. But at the same time, what he said about D. Smith is disturbing. It's unacceptable. And this is why in this country we are in a position that we are in as human beings, not only human beings, but as African Americans. Because we gloss over these sort of things and act like it's not that big of a deal. I just wrote a book, The Forgotten First. talks about these same damn issues back in 1930. And here we are in 2021 still dealing with the same thing. Yeah, it was 11 years ago. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Everybody makes mistakes. Really? Everybody makes mistakes, huh? But not only do you mock the size of an African-American's lips, you also degrade owners in the National Football League as well as the commissioner. My concentration ain't only you talk bad about a black man, you're also talking about bad about people that own teams, run the league, the commissioner of the league. Because he's a bad person. I tried to tell people this when I played for this man. But I was the I was in the wrong. Keyshawn, oh, Keyshawn just a small brat. Oh, Keyshawn just a diva. Oh, Keyshawn just wants the football. But here we are now, however many years later, and stuff is coming to the surface. I'm not going to let it just disappear. Because I was the bad guy, Jay. I was the one. I was the problem. Get him out of town. He's disruptive. But when you say stuff, people don't want to listen. They think it's all about you. And now look what we're dealing with. We're dealing with some race-insensitive behavior by a head coach who many thought didn't even deserve the opportunity to coach the Raiders. But guess what? He did. And now this is what we're dealing with. And and you got to deal with that locker room. We saw yesterday on the football field what that locker room turned out to be, which is an L. You don't think that was heavy on them black players and some of the white players' mind? Hell yeah, it was. Of course it was. That's why they went out there and laid an egg. That's exactly why. Um, <clears throat> I want to play that sound again. Obviously, he is understandably uh, – he should and, and be. By the way, he not be. just Keith. By a the lot way, of people lie. when these when these kind of subjects come up, uh, people, anyone with, who's socially conscious should have feelings about this. But listen to what Gruden said again, and then Jay, I'd like you to respond. All I can say is I, I'm not a racist. I don't. Uh, I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to to, to D. Smith, um, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life, and. Uh, I apologize for the insensitive remarks. I had uh, no, uh, you know, I I, I had no racial uh, intentions with those remarks at all. But, uh, yes, they can. I'm 
I'm, uh, I'm not like that at all. But I apologize. I don't want to keep addressing it. Two things, Key. First off, so Andrew Beaton is the writer for the Wall Street Journal that this story happened to fall upon. What I find interesting about this is out of the thousand of emails due to the investigation of the workplace of the Washington football team, that this is the one email that was leaked to Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal. I find that very interesting. Thousands of emails talking about the workplace investigation of Daniel Snyder's organization of a toxic work environment. And over the course of time, it feels like the league has shielded him in the face of allegations a little bit because none of those details have leaked out. He has him eight, meaning who? Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder. The owner, right? Eight-figure. It was an eight-figure. Um, he had an eight-figure uh, payment that he had due to the league. Wait, to be clear, it's, you're saying that – that this email becomes public as a result of an investigation into the Washington football yes. team and the toxic culture which starts at the top, Daniel Snyder. But this is now made public about John, John Gruden. Gruden. Okay. I, think that's very, I think that's fascinating to me. That's intriguing to me. Right? Doesn't, excuse Daniel, uh, doesn't excuse John Gruden at all. At all. Now to the John Gruden aspect of it. You know what I find crazy key is I just refer to people – the same way when I get angry. Oh, he's an a-hole. Oh, him effer. Right? That's the way John Gruden referred to Roger Goodell. But when you start referring to D. Smith as Michelin lips, to me, that's something that's subconsciously in your brain that you think is okay in your state of fury. Like when you're in fury to a degree, you say things that you typically say. You, you don't come out and say things that you just don't say. These are things that are, have been programmed in your mind for a while. It was a racial trope. And my thing as a player, I don't know how the league's going to handle this, but as a player, regardless of whether I didn't hear you say that or not, the fact that I know that came from you in the midst of fury, I can't ride with you anymore. No, you're not going to. I look, can't ride man, with you anymore. Look, th- this dude is who he is. He's a bad guy. He's a bad person. I can't call him a racist. I can't call him that, but I know what you used. I know what you said. That's what I do know. You know, I, I, we, we, how many people you hear say things and then say, well, that ain't me. That, that's not. Wait a minute, though, homie. You just said that. That came out your email, not my email. It didn't come. It went from your email to Bruce Allen's email. Okay? We know where it went to. And if you know anything at all, you know that that came from you. So trying to backpedal, clean it up, be dismissive, and tell people you're tired of talking about it, you ain't going to talk about it no more. No, you're going to talk about it. You that's just true. started talking about it. You until just we're tired of talking about it. Yeah, that's the thing, first of all. You're not just going to brush over it. I don't give a damn what nobody say. If you, if, you send, if you put that in an email, even if you harbor those kind of feelings, if you put that in an email, that is a curious choice. <laughs> then to whom, as Key points out, are you sending the email? That's my point. To, to, an, to, to, a, to a, another white guy who's also, by the way, in a position of power. 
powerful guys going. Man, back I don't and even forth. want hey, hey, Max. Yeah. I don't even want to dive into the history of Bruce and his family. Well, let's well, leave we that alone. Well, 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 I think that's the point, right? If if there is if there is an environment that is conducive to behavior and language like that, no, it's not just it's that you think whoever you're sending it to is a safe place to send That's a sentiment point. like yes. that. For example, had he sent it to a friend of his who was, say, an African-American executive, right, something like that, he could at least try to make the defense, oh, we're, we are informal, we joke around with each other, whatever, even if it's inappropriate. I'm sorry, I thought it was a private email. You know, but he didn't. He sent it to someone who it seems he thought would be receptive to mm-hmm. it on its face, <laughs> and 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 that that that's that's interesting to me. The both points the guy points you guys have brought up are illuminating. One, Key said, and you hit it right on the head. The thing that besides the offensive idea, the fact that he says, "I don't want," I'm done. What do he say? He said, "I don't want to keep addressing this." No, but he's going to keep addressing. And, no, right, Key, but he said it and he dismissed it like someone who has the power to say, "Look." At this but, point, you're harassing me. I've addressed it, and now it's over. But, but, he does but not that, get that to goes, say when it's that goes, over. It goes all back to what we always been talking about, what we've been talking about as a, as as human beings. White privilege, man. Yeah. Okay. He's in that space. He thinks he can just say and do what the hell he wants to do because for too long, the people in the National Football League and people who've been running these leagues allowed him to do those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I played for him, we won a Super Bowl. He became the golden child. He couldn't do no wrong. It was everybody else's fault. But now what? He got caught with his hand in the damn cookie jar. Yeah. And by the way, his defense is basically his implicit defense. When he says, I feel good about what I've done my entire life. What that's what I read into that is like, look, my behavior tells you I'm a good person. I don't harbor, you know, racial uh, 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 you know, bigotry and all this kind of stuff in my own personality. But, I, but once he says, I don't want to keep addressing this, it, what it suggests is he's calling the shots. And if he does cross the line, that's okay. Once he says he'll decide when the conversation's over, as Key mentions, no, he doesn't. Jay, as you mentioned, though, it's also very interesting that this was a look into a broader toxic culture in the Washington football franchise, which used to have a name that was offensive to many people for many years, and, and, and the owner stubbornly refused to change it. Why? Because he had the power. He had the money to buy the team, and he was in a position of power. And so even when you, when you look at racist, when you look at racism, there's a power dynamic. It's not simply... No, it's People only a power, generalize it's only a power and do this. dynamic it's a power if you dynamic. allow it to be, Max. It's only Uh-oh. a power dynamic if you allow it to be. And I'd be damned that we sit around here and act like, oh, it's okay because he say it's okay. That's not going to happen, and I think he knows that. And those players in that damn locker room yesterday knew that. I think that's a great point too, Jay. It's a power dynamic if, if you allow it to be, meaning the power is with the people. And if enough people say this is not acceptable, then the culture changes, right? Which has, which has gone on. It's happened too slowly, but that's what's happened. The question is, what does the league do? I mean, people always say, hey, the players need to step up and, and handle that. But if you're a player, are you going to put your salary in jeopardy due to not playing games because of something that this man said 10 years ago? Want to hear how his players feel about it? I'd love to. Well, here's Josh Jacobs, the Raiders running back. 
I've been around this guy for for three years now. Um, I've never I've never felt a certain type of way about him. You know what I'm saying? He never he's never rubbed me a certain way like that type of way. Um, I mean, what he said was what he said at the end of the day too. But I mean, I I, I definitely trust him. Um, and I mean, man, it was ten years ago. I mean, people grow. Yeah, he you you Josh Jacobs is a kid still, man. Josh Jacobs don't understand. Okay, Josh Jacobs is under a contract. He's trying to get an mm-hmm. extension. There you go. He's still young, man. Don't give me no Josh Jacobs. I can go get Josh Jacobs. Give me somebody that understands. Get someone on their second deal at least. Not yeah, on give me somebody contract. that get it. Thank you. <clears throat> right. Don't go, don't go bringing me a, a, a young man who's trying to make it for him and his family right now. That's not going to sway me over to make me feel, oh, okay, cool. Just because you go get a player and a player says something that he drafted. But see, well, kid, there, to me, there are a lot of people that people have known for a while that haven't said anything, but there still happens to have details that come out about things they've done. It doesn't change. Like, yeah, people do grow, but that's, a, that's an interesting place to start from. Yeah, I, I, And, and look, if John Gruden hey, came out key <laughs> and was like, I've grown from this. Like, hey. if he had divulged that, if his apology wasn't so dismissive and, and passive saying, I don't have to deal with this, that would be one thing. But to, to, to add to the point of him being so dismissive of it, like, ah, we're just going to sweep this under the rug like we do with everything we do here, that's the problem. Yeah, everybody, everybody grows from mistakes. There's no question about it. Everybody grows from mistakes. There's no question about it. But a pattern of behavior, man, you don't grow from. I'm just here to tell you. I'm, I'm here to tell you. When you say pattern of behavior, Key, in, as it pertains to this uh, issue, you have noticed a pattern? Well, okay, so I can break it all the way down for you if you really just want to take the time and me to do it. Mm-hmm. You can go all the way back. You can go all the way back from, from when I played with him and move it all the way forward, okay? There's mm-hmm. things that this – I wouldn't sign no damn Richie Incognito. I don't give a damn how good he is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even bring him in my locker room. I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, I could I could keep on pulling it apart, but that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm not here to pull it apart. I'm here. Example. I, I'm here just to talk about what he did 11 years ago in an email. That was 11 years ago. I ain't looking at his email from the other day. I didn't see that one or a year ago or 2 years ago or 3 years ago. All I got was the one that happened to surface because there was an investigation on the Washington football team. 650,000 emails to be exact. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what else is in the emails from a couple years ago. I have no idea. By the way, Derek Carr gave a statement. Would you guess that Derek Carr supported Gruden or said how bad the comments were, et cetera, and he needs to talk to Gruden, or would you say that he supported him? What would you guess? I I would hope. No, I would would would, be the latter. I would hope and think that he wants to talk to Gruden. Yes. I would like to talk to my head coach before I comment on this. Here's Derek Carr. I don't want to get into detail of what he said to us, but at the same time, when we left that meeting, we, we didn't take it as how it came out. You know what I'm saying? And so when it came out, we were, we were like, oh, dang. Now this, you know how it goes in media now, it's going to get blown up. And, you know, even if people don't know him, they're going to catch on to that. But, yeah, it was – I talked with Charles Davis. You know, he did our game, and he knows – you know, they were together for a long time, you know. And, and I told him – he said, when the article came out, were you shocked? I said, I was very shocked because he's never shown anything like that kind of 
um, characteristics at all. And you ain't going to show them if you ain't paying attention, man. You got to pay attention. If you're not paying attention to it, you'll never, it'll go right over your head, man. Key, let me ask you this because I'm sure some people are thinking if they hear you talk about him. Key has an axe to grind. I don't John have Green. no. I talked to the man for an hour before he took the job with the Raiders. Ain't no axe to grind. I don't have no problem with him. I just know what it is. And when you know what it is, you can take it as face value. So, in other words, by observing over the years and interacting over the years, you've formed an opinion separate from, fo- separate from whatever experience you've had uh, as a football player, as a human being, you've formed an opinion. As a human being, I've formed an opinion. And my opinion is such, he, he is who he is. He's John Gruden. He going to fool you and make you think what it ain't. I could go, I could go back. I, let's leave it on the football field. Let's just, let's just purely leave it on the football field. What quarterbacks has he ever coached that was any damn good, that wasn't already made? We gave him a quarterback campus if he was – he had like he was coaching Joe Montana and Brett Favre and all these other dudes. Let's just leave it on the football. He fooled everybody and made him think he was a hell of a quarterback coach. He got him fooled. Would you I guys- can break it down a lot of different ways, Max. It ain't got nothing to do with an axe to grind. The me- reality of it is mm-hmm. he, was, he was very disrespectful to D. Smith and very disrespectful to my culture as African-American. Period. Yep. I think End of damn discussion. I think that's exactly right. And the reason I asked the question, Key, is because I'm sure people are, you know, find me one of them. Find, find me one of them brothers in that locker room that really feel a certain way. Go find me one of them. Here's, Be going to get me no quarterbacks and no young running backs that he drafted. That's a good, another good point. Find a guy on the set on his second deal who's made his money, who's not as reliant on, on you know, the coach's good favor. Going You're forward. not getting ready to spin it on me. You ain't getting ready to do that to me. I've been sitting around here doing media way too long, and I played in the league, and I've watched the spin doctor game, mm-hmm. okay? Y'all ain't going to prop him back up and make him seem like he bigger than life no more. That's It's over with. Want to hear Randy Moss's reaction to what Gruden had to say, guys, on Sunday NFL Countdown? I get emotional talking about it because of situations like this. My civil rights were taken, were, 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 were kind of messed with in high school over the color of my skin. And now being able to mm. play 14 years in the National Football League, to have something like this of a leader. We talk about leadership. We give guys these big contracts because they want to be able to lead 70 men, coaches, equipment staff, and managers to the number one goal, and that's to win a championship. And for us to be moving back and not forward in 21st century, like I said, man, National Football League, this hurts me. The clock is ticking, man. Much more on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.